Buenos dias, mi amigos. Welcome to episode 25 of the Happy Raccoon Podcast. My name is Mason, and I am the host and creator of this good old time. If this is your first time here, welcome. If this is your last time here, farewell. And if you've been here before, thanks for returning. I'm really excited uh, that you're here, and I'm excited to get into another episode. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you um, to everyone who has shown love to the new podcast on the block here at Happy Raccoon Studios, and that is Radical, Crazy, and Unwavering. Uh, it's a totally different temperature and mood than this podcast, and that uh, Radical, Crazy, and Unwavering is all about telling the stories of martyrs, Christians who were persecuted and killed for their faith. Uh, it's something I've been working on for a long time. It's taken a ton of effort. And so far, the very first podcast which I released last week has gone very well. Um, so for those of you who have jumped over there and took a listen to that and the story of Ivan Moiseyev, who is a 20-year-old soldier in the Soviet Union who ultimately was killed for being a Christian, it's a very awesome and compelling but sad and depressing story all at the same time. Go check it out. If you're into it, let me know. If you're not into it, please don't tell me. I am very sensitive. Thanks for returning to the Happy Raccoon podcast. Um, this is episode 25, I believe. Normally I check what episode it is before because I always forget. So let's go take a look real quick. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Indeed, this is episode 25. Um, episode the last time I came on here was really just to introduce um, Radical Crazy Unwavering. I didn't count that as an episode because it really was sort of a break for me. Uh, it was a good time just to rest, give myself a week. It's been a busy week. <clears throat> uh, my classes are heating up. Things are getting a little more intense. Um, I also was the worship leader at church this last Sunday, which is different than just playing on the worship band. The worship leader has a little bit more of a role in making musical decisions and leading the group as well as leading the church. So um, one thing about that is that I am not a very gifted musical person. I have to try really hard. So leading a group and having to decide what key songs should go in was a tough one. Good thing for me, all I know is that I can sing really well in the key of C, which is pretty much every worship song that has ever existed since the dawn of time. So it went pretty well. Um, I used the mandolin to lead a song, which has always been um, a dream of mine. It's probably my favorite instrument to play, and I haven't played in a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, I hop on the mandolin and let a worship song with that, and that was a ton of fun. Um, but uh, dude, I bought this mandolin not too long ago, and the reason that I bought it, quick story time here, I did not intend to buy it. Um, Becca and I are not necessarily rolling in the cash by any means. Um, I used to think that I did pretty well for myself, um, with my salary. And then all of a sudden your salary, uh, gets split over the needs of four people. And then you realize, oh, I'm dying inside. Um, anyway, so I had no intention of buying a mandolin on this fateful day, but I decided to take Haven with me to the music store. The reason I did that is because she was driving her mom crazy and, like everybody, her mom needed a break, and I saw that, and so I decided, oh, I'll take Haven on this quick trip with me. So, I don't know if you know where this is going, but there's two things that do not mix well. You know, like water and oil, you know, brushing your teeth and orange juice. Um, toddlers and music stores do not go well together. Mostly because my toddler is two years old, 
and she is incredibly disobedient. I love her very much, but she's not that great of a listener yet. We're working on it. Uh, Disciplining is a hard thing. It's a hard process, but we're working on it. So I knew the risks going into the music store. I did. Um, but I tried to carry her in and I wanted to check out a mandolin and I wanted to, you know, kind of play around with it, check out the action on it, see if it, you know, felt like it was a good fit, you know, just sort of thinking about it, playing with the idea of it. So, you know, as I walk in the music store, Haven immediately sees just a fun house of things to do and things to break. She sees, you know, little, um, kids guitars. She sees like a little pink ukulele on the wall, um, ultimately she sees things that she can rip off of the wall and throw on the ground and stomp on. That's what I think anyway, as I try and read her mind, because she can't really formulate super good sentences yet. But I tried to hold on to her. And as I did, um, she began to thrash around. Um, I would describe this thrashing around as if, have you ever gone fishing and you caught a substantial sized fish, um, and you bring the fish onto the boat and the fish just starts thrashing itself everywhere and flopping itself everywhere in an effort to, you know, launch itself off the boat and back into the water. Um, so similar, similar to a, you know, 180 pound yellowfin tuna being brought into a boat by a white guy. Um, my daughter flops around in your arms and throws herself every which way to throw herself onto the ground. It's extremely dangerous. I've never dropped her, but I've gotten close but as she was thrashing herself around, I kid you not, and I have not been able to repeat this since, um, she thrashed around so hard that she kicked the button of my pants. Now, your boy's been working on losing some some of that chub, some of that dad chub. I got that new dad chub where you have a kid and then you forget about calories. So I've been trying to work on losing my dad chub, and because of that, uh, my pants fit a little bit looser. So, as I'm sure you can predict what happened next, Haven kicked the button of my pants, dislodging the button of my pants, and now suddenly I went from being a normal, pretty cool-looking dad. Honestly, I had a backwards hat on, I got tattoos, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty cool-looking dad. I went from looking like a cool-looking dad you know, in a music store, you know, obviously I'm a musician, you know, I feel cool, you know what I mean? I went from that to being a guy whose pants were around his ankles while he was holding a toddler in a music store. Not a good look. I immediately dropped Haven. Well, I didn't drop her. I placed her on the ground and pulled my pants up. And I apologized that everyone had to witness this tragedy. Uh, everyone seemed to be calm because they could see my yellowfin tuna daughter flopping around and they can sort of put two and two together as to what happened. But my daughter essentially kicked my pants off in front of about, I would say about seven different people that were all trying to enjoy their time at a music store. So every bit of coolness left the room at that point. I no longer was the cool dad with the tattoos and the backwards hat, um, that plays music. I was, Um, this guy whose pants had been kicked down to the ground. Um, There are a few things that are demoralizing to a human being, and I will explain them to you. Um, One is we have your pants being kicked off by your toddler. Um, Two, we have your fly being down in general. I mean, if your zipper is ever down and someone calls you out on it, I think your soul leaves your body for a period of time. You become um, a ghost for just a few seconds while you regain your composure. Um, 
And then thirdly, and I, I feel extremely strong about this, nothing is more demoralizing and embarrassing than when other people are watching you and you go and you go to open a door to like a business and the door is locked and you jolt yourself, you know, and then you like throw your shoulder out trying to open the door and then everyone's watching you um, trying to think of what to do next to look the most natural. All of those things um, give me the same reaction in that I feel like my soul sort of leaves my body. Every bit of persona that I was trying to fake about being a cool guy is now gone. So anyways, um, one of those things happened to me, and it was the worst thing that could have happened to me. So now I'm in this music store, and I corral Haven again, and I give her a quick whisper in the ear. You know, I give her that, I give her that dad energy. I'm like, hey, you need to listen. That's enough. Tell you what, if you're listening to this, you probably stopped whatever you're doing and you obeyed, I bet. Because Haven obeyed for about five minutes. So now I'm checking out this mandolin. Beautiful little mandolin. I really like it. It's got decent action on it. It's a lower-end mandolin, but I also consider myself to be a lower-end musician. So it's a good fit for us. Um, Again, didn't feel like uh, now was the best time to spend that kind of money. It was $200, which if you're a musician at all, you know that that is um, definitely lower on the totem pole of how much a mandolin should cost um, for a good one anyway, but that's okay. Um, I really liked it, but you know, I, I kind of made the decision in my head that, yeah, you know what, now is now not a great time. Um, so I put it back, hung it back up, you know, it's hanging up on the wall and so I'm holding Haven and now this is, this is my mistake, the, mi- the mistake that I make, right? Because you don't necessarily blame the somewhat innocent toddler. My daughter is sometimes innocent, but sometimes she's extremely cruel, powerful, and she does things by intention. So, but in this particular instance, I understand that she is two years old and she cannot help herself. So I put the mandolin back. Now I pick up a banjo ukulele. I think I have a thing for unique instruments. Like like a banjo ukulele is kind of cool and unique, and it sounds cool. It has like a twangy, like whiny sound too. I really liked it. So I just kind of I kind of you know picked that up. I can't really play it because I'm holding a a child in my hand. But then all of a sudden I hear a bling and then a crash. And right as I look over, Haven had dislodged the mandolin from its hanging thing, and the mandolin was slowly plummeting to the ground. Um, and sure enough, crash, boom, clang, the mandolin drops to the ground. Now, all of the, every remainder of soul that I had left in my body had vanished as I slowly put the banjo ukulele back on the shelf and I go to pick up the mandolin. And as soon as I crouch back up, who was there in my face, but the owner of the store, and he scolds me and my daughter, which I didn't appreciate because, you know, my daughter's too, and I just, you know, I want to protect her at all times. And so anybody bringing, you know, sort of angry energy anywhere near her is concerning to me. Um, but, you know, he gave me um, a stern, you know, scolding to and ultimately um, forced me to purchase this mandolin. So that is the story of how I got my mandolin. Ironically, this was actually not too long ago. My birthday is coming up. So my wife and I decided that, guess what, buddy? That's your birthday present for not giving a better high on your daughter. And that is more than fair. And if Becca, if you are listening to this, I just want to let you know how much I love you, how beautiful I think you are, and what an amazing wife and mother you are to our children. And I'm sorry that we had to spend the $200 on the mandolin at this moment, but I do really like it, if that helps at all. And I appreciate you for letting me keep it. So 
Anyways, big shout out to Becca. Becca is just the best. I could go on and on about how much I love my wife. And we're actually like, we've almost been married for three years. So we're kind of past that honeymoon phase. So for all of you that are like, oh, it's just the honeymoon, you know, goo goo, you know, newlyweds, you guys can go and suck it. So anyways, um, that's the story of uh, Haven, you know, essentially buying me a mandolin with my money. Um, appreciate you, Haven. And if you're listening to this one day in like 10 years from now, I appreciate it. Um, hopefully you will have learned the mandolin at this point. We'll see. Anyways, um, gosh, what do we want to talk about today? Oh yes, that's right. So kind of a cool thing, um, that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh Oh, my computer's not working. Is that just how it goes? Oh, here we go. Okay. Dude, the, uh, the Harford fair is coming up. Um, the Harford Fair, if you're listening to this area, you know that it's, apparently it's the greatest thing that happens every year. Um, my wife just absolutely loves the Harford Fair and it's okay. You know, it's like, it's something to do, which is good around here because there's nothing to do like ever. It feels like around here. So it's something to do, which I like. Um, however, you know, it is, um, it's a little weird. I remember my first time there, I was fresh off the boat from Los Angeles, California, which dude drives me bonkers when, uh, when people call it Cali, I just, Oh, makes my skin crawl. Oh, I skin actually, my skin actually just, just crawled right now. Um, yeah. Anyways, if you won't call it Cali, it bothers the heck out of me for some reason, probably cause I've heard it so many times, but anyways, I went to the Hartford fair and it was the strangest and weirdest experience of my life at that point. I think there was a tractor pull, which is literally just a tractor pulling things. And people are in the stands cheering for hours watching tractors pull things. And then there's like a truck that pulls things. And there's a rodeo, which I guess is okay if you're into that. The only thing I really like is the demolition derby, watching cars demolish each other. I really wanted to do the demolition derby with um, a car that we had gotten rid of to a junkyard, um, like a year ago, but Becca wouldn't let me. Um, it is rather dangerous, I suppose. And I do have two children without life insurance. So, uh, I lose out on certain privileges, but anyway, so the Harvard fair is really interesting. The best part is definitely the food. Um, I'd say that I will probably gain seven to 15 pounds over the next week or so when the Harvard fair starts, but I'm mostly excited because, um, renowned, fan of the podcast, the Happy Raccoon podcast, massive fan, Matthew Cratch, who is my younger brother, he will be joining us at the Hartford Fair. And after he joins me at the Hartford Fair, uh, he and I are going to record a podcast together. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun to uh, to get his thoughts on the Hartford Fair. Um, I can't wait to see what he has to say about it, to be honest, because um, Matthew is so California. Um, he's He is just he is very California. He, you know, he's, you know, this, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, pretty boy, no offense, Matt, um, you know, takes good care of himself. He's got all the California, you know, looks about him. I don't even know how to describe it anymore. I'm so far removed. Um, yeah, dude, man, I'm so far removed from California. I can't believe it. Anyway, so that's happening next week. Um, all right. So here's one cool thing that I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, if you've been on this podcast before, and if you've listened before, 
um, you know that I'm currently a Bible school student with Ethnos 360 Bible Institute. Um, Becca and I are pursuing ministry in the future, and right now we're in this school phase, which is um, an exhausting phase, and it takes a lot of patience because I want to be in the next phase. Um, but that's okay. We're we're riding, and we are enjoying our where we're at right now. Um, but if you've been following along the last few episodes, you know that I am a Part of two classes right now, um, Understanding Suffering and the Meta Narrative of Scripture. So, a quick review the Meta Narrative of Scripture is essentially looking at the Bible as an overall story and narrative and understanding each component of that narrative, where I fit into it, um, and at what point, you know, Jesus came fulfilling prophecy and fulfilling God's promise. And it kind of helps, you know, um, scope out the entire picture of Scripture and um, how each part works together. Understanding suffering is just like you hear in its name is about understanding suffering and why there is suffering in the world. Um, it's about, uh, you know, coming to terms with why we feel pain, why we struggle, why we're, you know, why we feel anxiety, why we, you know, go through the things that we go through. And uh, that's been a really good class. It's been um, pretty informative. A lot of things I felt like I had a good understanding of, but a lot of things have been very new and very challenging, very convicting, and very reassuring of my beliefs. So I'm appreciative of that class too. But one thing I wanted to talk on the podcast uh, today is one of my assignments um, was a discussion forum. So basically, there were seven different talking points that I had to answer to. Um, And I'm going to talk about a couple of them, and then I'm going to talk about a couple of answers from my classmates. So the assignment was is answer these seven questions, but then also reply to two different um, ones. So I answered mine, and then I replied to two different people's answers. So um, I won't give out any names um, because I don't have their permission to do that, but I will uh, say their first names um, because they're extremely common. So anyway, so the first question was, According to popular narratives of today, what is life's purpose? Um, that was a tricky question for me because I didn't really know, um, you know, popular narratives of today is kind of a, a tricky thing, but especially because, you know, the, the popular narratives vary so much by even just, you know, where you are in the world. Like if you're in where I live in upstate New York, is a completely different thing than where, you know, where my little brother Matthew lives in California. So my answer for that is, was, um, I would say that popular narratives of today tell us that life's purpose is to live every day like it's your last day, but from a self-serving attitude, Um, which I feel pretty good about that answer. I stand by that answer. I feel that um, what the world tells us is our um, purpose in life is to um, serve ourselves and uh, yeah, be self-serving. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, you know, a pretty good answer. I feel like anyway, um, you know, I think that, you know, the concept of living every day, like it's your last day, but for God's glory and what God has for you is much more, um, what we should, you know, feel as our purpose in life. But, um, a lot of people live every day, like it's your last day. And so they, you know, well, it's like live every day, like it's your last day. I'm going to go spend big money on this, or I'm going to go treat myself to this vacation or travel around to the world, these lavish places. And, Hate to break it to you, but that's really just not um, life's purpose and and God's intention for giving us life. That's just the truth. So, um, follow up to that is according to scripture, what is life's purpose? Um, So now it's the same question, but according to scripture. So I said, 
Um, scripture is very clear that our life's purpose is to serve and love God wholeheartedly, knowing that eventually this life on earth will come to an end. I also believe that scripture tells us that we have a role to play in God's commission to go out into the world. feel pretty good about that one, too. It's essentially just what I said. <clears throat> um, so um, my uh, classmate, um, Madison, um, said, hey, Mason, great responses. For one, I think the key word we can probably all take away from popular narratives today is self, in quotes. It's all about me, me and more me. I really enjoyed talking or taking the love of God class last session. Hey, I took that one as well because it reminded me that we are to love others before ourselves, which seems like such an obvious thing to do, yet not many people, including myself, tend to do it. This goes along with your number five answer too. We'll get to that, yada, 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 yada. Um, thank you, Madison, for your comments on the question number one. Now, question number three. According to popular narratives of there, this one was a tricky one, and I wish that it was asked differently. According to popular narratives of our day, what is the remedy for the predicament we find ourselves in? Now, the reason I th- thought this was particularly tricky is because what predicament are we talking about um, that we find ourselves in? I find myself in many predicaments. I find myself in a predicament every day. I feel like that's different. So, you know, the predicament, so I answered essentially saying, I would say that this depends entirely on our predicament. The first predicament that comes to mind is the COVID-19 pandemic. So um, for those who are listening, I want to give caution. You're about to hear my opinion on the COVID-19 pandemic. So here's what I had to say. Uh, Today's popular narrative uh, really pushes for science and control over others' actions. Um, that's basically me taking a nod at, you know, people feel like the answer to this problem is to force people to get the vaccine. Now, I am vaccinated. I do not care if you're not vaccinated. Um, I feel that um, I, since I am vaccinated, I do not need to be afraid of COVID-19. To be frank, I wasn't really afraid before. Um, so I don't care whether or not people don't have vaccines because I'm already vaccinated. Now, if you uh, are older and you have a pre-existing condition, and you don't have the vaccine, I would say that there's reason for you to be afraid of COVID-19. For me, I don't. My life should go on as is, and I don't love the idea of people thinking that our best bet is to force the vaccine to happen with different sorts of mandates. Anyway, so back to my answer. Um, Take control over others' actions. This is such a tricky one to answer because there are so many opinions and so many different ways to approach the situation. With that said, it's very clear, and this is essentially my answer, it's very clear that God is being pushed out in order to further entrench in political ideology. Many people are substituting their favorite political personality for God, and that's a dangerous road to go down. I think this is exactly what today's narrative wants. So uh, to further break down that answer, essentially what I'm saying there is that Um, I believe that what today's narrative really wants is for us to push out this idea of trusting God. Um, I think that, you know, our goal and our go-to thing should be to pray and trust God through everything. Um, And I think that science has its place in Christianity and its place in our faith. Um, But when we're replacing, you know, our favorite, you know, political personalities, um, You know, if you're a big Joe Biden fan, you know, good on you. I'm not. But, you know, if you're a big Trump fan, good on you. I'm not. But, you know, people are substituting 
you know, those types of people, um, for God, they don't, you know, they're like, well, when it comes down to matters of this country, you know, I'm going to go to the person that's in control and instead of going to God about that. And I think that's kind of an issue to be totally honest with you. So anyways, um, yeah, so that's kind of my answer there. Um, on to number four, uh, according to scripture, what is the remedy for the predicament we find ourselves in? So kind of the same thing as one, two, and then three to four is that it's sort of the same question, but what does scripture say we should do about the predicament? So I said, with the same predicament in mind, scripture teaches us to trust God and to pray. God is aware of every predicament on earth, and it's important that we understand our role in predicaments like this. I believe scripture teaches us that our role here is to pray and to be a light to other people around us who are not Christians. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the answer. Probably could have talked a little bit more there. Um, yeah, who knows? I might get some points taken off for that. Well, um, all right. I am reading all these right now. Um, let's see. Okay, let's go and go into some responses here. Um, Dan. Dan says, great answer to number three. Was number three good? I would say that it depends on Thailand pretty much. Yeah, okay. So Dan says, great answer to number three. I appreciate the way you articulated it. Thanks, Dan. What a nice guy. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I thought this was an interesting assignment. I have another discussion coming up um, that I look forward to uh, look forward to doing. Um, let's see. Yeah, this one is the meta narrative and the problem of evil and suffering. So the questions there, which I've yet to answer. Um, in fact, I'm reading through these for the first time. Don't tell anyone. Um, how does the biblical explanation for the presence of evil in the world compare to the view presented by popular narratives of our day? Ooh, it's a tough one. Um, how does the meta narrative of scripture speak to those who hold a health, wealth, and wealth gospel? Should we expect healing and prosperity now? If we do not, is it due to a lack of faith? Man, these are going to be tougher ones. Um, that reminds me, dude, I am a part of, mostly out of curiosity, I'm a part of a group, a few different groups on Facebook that are like Christian groups. Um, but it's got people from around the world that are, you know, Christians or claim to be Christians. And man, they just butcher the gospel. And it's to the point where it's uh, almost funny. Um, there's one person on there or one thing called Joyful Life International. And it's essentially um, Joel Olstein, but a African-American woman. Actually, I don't know that uh, she's American by any means. She's just a black lady. And her name is Pastor Joy. Um, but man, she posts some funny stuff on here. Let's see. Um... Yeah, dude, she posts some funny stuff, basically um, alleviating any any like form of suffering, um, and she'll go on Facebook and say, "I declare that, you know, you will find wealth and prosperity and deliverance, um, you know, in Jesus' name," kind of thing. Basically saying that she's speaking these things into existence as like a prophet type of thing. Ooh, wrong. Um, yeah, here's one. It's your week of open doors. God is opening great doors of opportunity that no man can shut. Get ready for overflowing testimonies in Jesus' name. That one's not so bad, I guess. But anyways, dude, so I'm going to have to reference that for these questions. But yeah, she's a strange lady, that joy, um, Joyful Life Inferna International. Who knows? Um, 
All right, let's move on. Oh, dude, we got we got a, a news article of the week. So let's go ahead and start our favorite news article of the week. All right, hi, and welcome to the best news article of the week or the favorite news article of the week or whatever this bit is called because I don't even know, and it's my podcast, baby. All right, so here's what I found and that I found to be interesting and cringy. The city of Kyle, Texas. Okay, that's the name of a city in, in Texas. First of all, what is the population of Kyle, Texas? Let's find that out. What is the population of Kyle, Texas? Okay, so 42,706. Now, I don't know what population it takes to be called a city, but this to me does not look like a city. I would say the town of Texas, not that I need to like focus so much on this being, you know, a a city or a town, but I want to make it extremely clear that if you don't have a target, then you're not a city, and that's just how it goes. Um, I don't know if they have a target or not, but anyways, um, they do have a La Quinta Inn, so that's interesting. So, anyways, back to the article. City of Kyle, Texas, attempting to gather Kyles for the Guinness Book of World Records. The city of Kyle, Texas, is calling on people who share municipality name to gather an annual festival to set a Guinness World Record. The city said in a Facebook post that it is trying to gather as many Kyles as possible to set a Guinness World Record. Dude, whoever writes this article keeps repeating themselves. Um, set a Guinness record as its annual Kyle Pie in the Sky Hot Air Balloon Festival, September 3rd through the 5th. We'll have to fall back on this. The city of Kyle is attempting to break the Guinness World Record by gathering the most Kyles, spelled that way, so K-Y-L-E, in one place at the annual Kyle Pie in the Sky Hot Air Balloon Festival. Wow. The city said that all Kyles participating in the record will receive free weekend passes to the festival as well as a free t-shirt. Well, let's first, I don't know who wrote this article. Okay, I could probably try and find out who wrote this. But let's go ahead for funsies and let's count how many different times they tell us the only information in this article. They literally didn't give any information in this article other than the one bare fact about gathering Kyles. So the first time is City of Kyle, more like Town of Kyle, uh, attempting to gather um, Kyle's for Guinness World Record. So that's one. That was the title. And then the very first line, the City of Kyle, Texas, is calling on people who share municipality's name to gather in an annual festival, the Guinness World Record, too. All right. The very next line, it says, the city said in a Facebook post that it is trying to gather as many Kyle's as possible to set a Guinness World Record at its annual Kai Pie in the Sky Hot Air Balloon Festival. Okay, that's three. Oh my gosh, the very next line, it says, the city of Kyle is attempting to break the Guinness World Record for gathering the most Kyle's, spelled that way, in one place at the Kyle Pie in the Sky Hot... Dude! This guy's name is Ben Hopper. Oh! I don't know why that bothers me, but it does, dude. Anyway, it drives me bonkers. You literally just for the same line over and over again. I'm trying to do a podcast here. 
Okay, it's all good. But anyways, dude, imagine imagine seeing that many Kyles in one place. So without saying too vulgar, you know that like, you know, I don't I I don't know if it's a myth or if it's true. You know, maybe a woman that listens to this podcast, maybe my wife can tell me if this is true or not. But I've heard. Okay, this is a little uncomfortable. I've heard that if women gather together on a regular basis, that their menstruation cycles can line up. Now, I'm embarrassed saying that out loud. Okay, I don't like it, but I do wonder, you know, what would happen if you gathered that many Kyles in one place? You know, it's going to be a lot of Mountain Dew and a lot of Monster all in one place and a lot of people that have mommy issues. I don't know if that's how it works, but it feels like it probably would. So I don't know, but anyways, dude, I think that's pretty much the end of this episode, man. I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover. Told the mandolin story. Dude, the mandolin at, at church ended up going really well. I really liked it. I liked playing the mandolin for worship. Um, shout out to Haven for pretty much forcing me to buy that mandolin for myself. Um, but dude, I don't know what is more like white person. The fact that afterwards people came up to me and, and asked me if I was the ukulele. So I don't know what's more white. If people mistaking the mandolin for a ukulele or just playing the the mandolin or the ukulele in general is more white than people mistaking it. I don't know. Something, something to think about as we go into episode 26. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate it. Um, in exactly one week, there'll be another episode coming out with my little brother, Matthew. Looking forward to that. And then the following week, actually two weeks after that, I'll have another guest on the podcast in the name of Josh DePew, who I've mentioned on here before. Unless, of course, he bails on me. But hopefully that doesn't happen. So looking forward to having him on. Looking forward to having my little brother on. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, next Thursday, let me get a date for you. Let me get a date for you. Next Thursday... August 19th, we'll be releasing episode two of Radical Crazy Unwavering. You'll have to check that out. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing that with you all and getting some feedback on that. So thanks for tuning in. Go check out um, Radical Crazy Unwavering on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Let me know what you think. And if you enjoyed this podcast, um, go ahead and um, like, subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me uh, leave me leave me a review. But again, as I said before, if it's not going to be five stars, don't even do it. It'll hurt my feelings. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, guys. Appreciate ya.